All right, welcome everybody to the North Carolina Fusion Coffee Conversations podcast. We're broadcasting today from Maddie Cakes in Bermuda Run, right next to Truist Sports Park. This podcast serves to answer frequently asked questions from our membership with the goal of being done before the end of your cup of coffee. I'm Scott Wollaston, CEO of North Carolina Fusion, and I have with me, as always, Sarah Bridges, the Chief Experience Officer of NC Fusion. And together, along with some special guests, we hope to answer your questions. First, we want to tell you today about today's podcast venue, Maddie Cakes. So Maddie Cakes is a bakery uh, right in Bermuda Run. It's one, a one-stop shop for all things sweet and delicious, from beautiful and delicious cakes and dessert to savory and sweet breakfasts, lunches, and gourmet crafted coffees and drinks. Maddie Cakes specialties are sure to satisfy your cravings and sweet tooth. And I will say, um, we spend a lot of money here um, at Maddie Cakes. Probably too much. Probably too much. A lot of a lot of coffees. A lot of cupcakes. Cupcakes. Yesterday, nice. I had told you I had that protein Cake. ball that was excellent. Deliciousness. <laughs> excellent. So, uh, definitely recommend Maddie Cakes. It's an awesome spot, and it's right uh, right down the road from Truist Sports Park when you're in Bermuda Run. So, Sarah, obviously, every time we do this, we do our first segment on what are you drinking. So, what are you drinking? I know it's going to come as a surprise, but I am drinking the standard fountain drink of a Diet Dr. Pepper. From where? Um, I'll give you one guess. Chick-fil-A. 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 If you're in North Carolina, it has to be from Chick-fil-A, except on Sunday. No better place. All right. All right. What are you drinking, Scott? Well, I today am doing a house blend from here at Maddie Cakes. They say it's a medium roast. Um, they say Ethiopia Sidamo from Costa Rica. How is it Ethiopian if it's from Costa Rica? It's a hybrid, I guess. Um, I don't really know, but it's delicious. It's warm, and it's uh, getting my day kicked off well. So appreciate that coffee from from Maddie Cakes today. So um, let's go ahead and jump into our topic for today and introduce our introduce our guests. So today is all about the upcoming tryouts. Bum, bum, bum. So normally tryouts. Um, creates a lot of um, anxiety sure. uh, for, for, for parents, for players, for coaches, um, for everyone involved. And, and certainly we um, don't like that. And we certainly want to help um, improve that overall experience and, and process. But um, we felt like today we had an opportunity to talk specifically to the role of parents in walking with their children through the tryout or assessment process. And we are honored today to have Gordon McClelland, the owner of Working With Parents in Sports, joining us today. So Gordon, welcome to our NC Fusion Coffee Conversations podcast. Yeah, thank you. Uh, a real pleasure to join you all. <laughs> so um, to start, Gordon, um, can you tell our audience and our families a little bit more about Working With Parents in Sports? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, working With Parents in Sport was uh, set up 10 years ago uh, after my own background in coaching and education and, and playing sport myself. Um, I went to our local village hall to take my three-year-old son to kick a football around and I was doing all the wrong things. I was playing on my phone. I was paying no attention to it because I had enough of sport during the course of my normal week and I was approached by a Premier League football scout. And it was like, wow, here we go. How good's this? I'm on my way to Hollywood. My three-year-old son uh, being approached by a Premier League scout. I can't wait to get out of here, tell everybody this is just the best thing in the world. And uh, I got out into the car 
And I suddenly thought, what on earth are you possibly thinking with your sports science degree, background in education and coaching, that you think that this is possibly a good idea that somebody's just said that to you? And so, of course, I did what every parent does because nobody tells us how to parent. Nobody tells us how to sports parent either. I typed it into Google. And I thought, <laughs> I thought how do you support a three-year-old kid when they're starting out in sport? And you know what? I just didn't like what I found. I every bit of work that had been done with parents tried to label parents. It criticised parents. It tried to put them into boxes of being helpful, unhelpful, good, bad, everything that people wanted to to call them. And the reality is that I'm good, bad, helpful, unhelpful at a variety of points every single month with my own children, and, and I live and breathe this work. And that's where it was born. And it grew into, a, I guess, now into a, a, a massive platform of support for parents via the, via the website and the workshops that we run. But we also recognize that actually for young people to thrive, everybody's got a role to play in this, mm. how coaches work with parents, how clubs work with parents. And look, I'm massively privileged now. I've probably got one of the best jobs in the world that I get to talk to thousands of parents, thousands of coaches, visit lots of different environments, and I get to talk sport all day, which is probably what I did at school when I should have been doing something else. And, <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, and that's what that's where we are today. And and we work with national governing bodies, uh, a number of Premier League football clubs in England, a number of clubs across the English Football League. But you know, we're doing rugby, cricket, badminton, gymnastics, swimming, uh, everything. And just looking at how we best support our young people, both as people and as sports people. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And um, I know we've we've chatted a lot, um, a bit over the years, but recently a lot about your your new book that's come out, and we're um, we'll talk more about that at the end. But really excited about about the uh, I guess I would say the pioneering nature of it. That um, is something that I think that whether we're in we're running youth sports clubs, we're coaching, or we're parents of youth sportsmen uh, and, and women, um, I think it's going to be transformational. So we're looking forward to talking more about that. So I'm going to turn uh, the mic over to Sarah. She's got a list of, of questions for you. So she'll start the uh, the grilling here shortly. Yeah, you're on the hot seat here, Gordon. <laughs> Trials are super daunting um, or maybe relaxing for some, but mostly daunting for all of us. Um, and I just wanted to, to dive into your world a little, a little bit. Can you share some highs and lows of your own child experience, whether as a player or as a parent? Yeah, this was quite a, a painful one, Sarah. I'm yeah. really Sorry. You know, I had to, I had to think back of it. So I love it. I mean, look, I think, I think when I was really young, you know, I think there were lots of things you went to try and get selected for teams for, missed out on. I remember mm -hmm. going to regional trials in in rugby and cricket and missing out on selection, being yeah. very disappointed with that, potentially missing out um, on school team. Uh, I guess the the biggest one for me was I was a reasonable sportsman and and my biggest miss out was I had an England under 19 rugby trial um, at that stage of my life so you, you're pretty close to playing for your country and I, I at that age group and I didn't get selected um, I was very close to being and and that took um, quite a while to get over and actually I probably had at that stage it probably took a, a long time mm -hmm. to get over in in many ways. 
well, what's a difficult age as well, um, especially when you've chucked so much at that being the be all and end all that that's what you were, you know, aspiring to achieve. So, um, yeah, certainly from my own experience, that that that's the one that springs most to mind. Obviously, not a jolly story. Yeah, well, tell us a high. I want to hear the high too. Any any good, sweet moments of tryouts that you've had? Oh, you yeah, can brag but, a little bit. It's okay. It's okay. Feel yeah, free. No, I mean, look, I, I, I was, look, I, I managed to play, you know, county cricket, county rugby, regional rugby over here. I was often selected in 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 school teams, um, playing amazing opportunities to travel the world playing rugby when I was yeah. when I was younger and go to other countries and travel to um, Canada and to New Zealand and to Fiji and the all the things that went with that. So. I think there was a the, there was a lot of good bits yeah. in there from from getting through programs as well as the the obviously the 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 nail in the coffin sure. of the uh, England trial. I only ask that because I think it's really important for all of us to remember that we all have that huge spectrum of like really high moments and really low moments, and it's important for for parents and players to know like this is part of the journey. Like it's it's all part of the journey. And so it's a good reminder as we, we step into this season to say like, even if the best in their craft had really low lows and really high highs. So I, I just wanted to, it wasn't to dig up the old wounds there, Gordon. It was just to give us a reminder there. So let's, let's talk in for that parent space. What's the best advice that you would give a parent who's hoping to guide their player well during, during this evaluation period? Look, I think the biggest thing, when, particularly when children are younger, is that, that we don't make it into something bigger than it actually is. Yeah. It's important. Of course it is. We always think uh, things are important. But, you know, we've got young people who'll be desperate not to let us down. They'll be desperate mm-hmm. not to let coaches down, want to yeah. sort of be with the teammates. And we've just got to be careful. That, and, and they'll be putting their own pressure on themselves if, yeah, if that's they want to do they want to do well and i think we've got to be careful that we don't add to the weight of that pressure by maybe putting on some of the things that we're feeling or some of our own insecurities mm-hmm. some of the the ways that that we see the world because children do see things you know very differently to to adults yeah. um so i definitely think that's uh a, a really good starting point i think we've also but i think this applies to anything throughout the sporting journey i think we've got to help our children actually focus on things that we've got some control mm-hmm. over yeah. you know we're not actually in control whether we get selected right. we're not in control of whether the best person in the world actually turns up next week on the same pitch or somebody yeah. takes our our position so i think you know helping our children with their with their routines their the the working hard their attitude you know maybe eating the right food getting enough sleep just looking after themselves in the in the run-up to these things is really important and and that that bit about routine uh, in particular i think sometimes when parents feel that the pressure's ramping up a bit it's very easy then to actually start throwing every routine out of the window yeah. everything that's worked we'll that's do right. another extra session or we'll eat that extra bit of food or we'll we'll do that slightly yep. differently and actually no because once again we're magnifying something to be really different when actually in an ideal world what we want it to be is just another game yep. an opportunity for them to play and do what they've been doing 
you know, all year round, when whether it's been a tryout or not. That's ultimately what we're trying to help get our kids to. That's fantastic. Control the the controllable. I love that. Like you're not, you can't be responsible for the the stuff that you can't control. I love it. Um, so let's, in the same way, what's a good tip for our staff? So our coaches, our admin to help ease the stresses for players and parents as they approach this, this time. Hey, look, I, I think there's a, a huge self-awareness thing for me just around, I always say this about maintaining coaching chains and the integrity of what we do. I think we've got a role in our, I guess, in our role modeling and the messages that, that we portray as, as coaches and staff that we're sensitive to the fact that it's a, mm-hmm. a, a difficult time for mm-hmm. children, it's a difficult time for parents, um, that we recognize that, that we're available to, to support them, that we show empathy you know around situations um but also be safe in the knowledge that actually do you know what we've been working hard all year we've tried to do our best for these young people we yeah. you know regardless of of the tryouts and what we've been able to achieve is is where we are today it doesn't mean um that it's always going to be this outcome uh, in yeah. the future but that that that's just where we are today and look I think sometimes coaches can maybe get it wrong in their approach towards parents, but I think parents can sometimes get it wrong in their approach towards coaches as well. You know, they're, 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 in a lot of cases, they, they haven't got favorites. They haven't got any hidden agendas. They're, they're trying to do their best for, mm. for the groups of people that, that are in front of them. Um, and, you know, I, I'm still yet to meet, I said this last night, I was at a football club last night, I'm still yet to meet, uh, meet a parent who's got an issue with selection until their child's on the wrong side of it. <laughs> I've never met anybody ever walk into an organisation and say, I hate selection. But the moment it, it goes slightly wrong for for us, it, it, it's a, it's an opportunity for us to, I guess, criticise everything and, and criticise coaches and criticise exercise blame make excuses all of those things um that we can see so i think from a a coach and staff perspective we've just got to be balanced as possible stay Mm. true to what we believe in what we've done um but then just handle those moments with a a huge amount of of self-awareness at how difficult it could be for some young people and their and their parents or carers yeah that's good uh, we've all walked through tryouts as players. Um, I think that's, it's just a, hey, can we remember what that feels like? Uh, you know, those many, those many years ago that we did it um, and just keep that self-awareness. That's awesome. So um, similarly, so we will have families, let's be honest, that are super pumped about their player placement. Um, and then we're ha- we'll have plenty of families that are not happy and maybe even angry. So in your experience, what can we share um, to hopefully avoid those extreme responses? Yeah, look, and and we've talked a lot about this already. I I think that a lot of the uh, preparation for moments like this is actually done well in advance of it even And our whole how we frame the sporting Mm -hmm. experience, what our expectations are, are they in the right place, Mm -hmm. how we're viewing the the whole development and the journey that our our children are are going on and, and also making sure that our children aren't just defined by 
their sport, yeah. their one thing. Yeah. Yeah. They've got other interests, they've got other social groups that their whole self-esteem is not just linked to a particular sporting outcome. And well, I'm talking to this to you today in tryout season, but we're having the same conversation with parents at the top end of Olympic pathways mm-hmm. and close to professional sport. It's still the same dialogue that, you know, we want multifaceted kids. And yeah. yes, it's going to be a big part of their identity, but we've got to be sort of setting them up to recognise that it is just part of who they are and and what they do so I, I think there's something that that we can do there um we often we often feel hurt at these points in time when things go wrong i think it's very easy then for us to actually forget about our kids and make it about us mm-hmm. it's very easy for us to lash out to make excuses to blame other people mm-hmm. you know to overdo the love and affection to what actually is a pretty normal part of just being in sport and you mm-hmm. alluded to that at the very beginning mm-hmm. this is not these are not new parts of being involved <laughs> in sport you know we play sport you're going to get selected not selected you're going to win you're going to lose you're going to get injured you're going to have bad days because you're not machines all of these things and i think we've we yeah i think we've gone too far in um our reactions sometimes to what actually should be pretty normal experiences and i i think when we all reflect we probably um, could see that. So I think we've got to talk to our children. We've got to understand how they're feeling. Ask them about how they feel, how they're seeing it, um, all of the bits that that go with that. We've got to try not to overreact. Now, look, this is really difficult. Yeah. I mean, I've I've been through this. Now, my son was released. My son did sign for a Premier League football club at the age of nine into their academy. Uh, he was released at 11 after COVID with very little warning mm. and a shot. And I've, I've lived and I've, I've been through that. Thankfully, he's still playing and he's playing at a high level and, and enjoying his football, which is great. But I think our ability to give ourselves space as parents, um, just to get, get that wider perspective, think about how am I going to help my kid now? Because it's, it's about them. And we're very good at telling our children how they should feel, what should happen, mm. what needs to happen next. But bringing them into the conversation and asking them questions about how they're really feeling or what they would like to do, what they would like to do next. And children are amazing when they're given those opportunities mm. to say how they feel. They see the world very differently yeah. um, to how adults do. And I think ultimately what you're trying to do is you're trying to come up with a plan. That's where you are today. How are we going to work together, me and you? How can I best support you? You know, what are we doing? How are we now going to move on from this together? What is my role as a parent? What do you want as the child? And how can I help facilitate that? And I think giving ourselves the space and time to get to those really healthy dialogues is is absolutely critical. That's great. Gordon, really quick, I don't know if you saw this quote. You, you reminded me of this um, when you were talking about, like, this is, we've, we already talked about our failures and successes ourselves, and I bet most parents have had failures and successes, and then for some reason we don't expect it to happen to our kid, right? And um, that's interesting. This morning I sent this uh, quote um, to my staff 
that uh, Giannis, uh, I don't know how to say his last name, Antetokounmpo. Great effort. Milwaukee Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, Yeah, did you read what he said last night? I did. I I watched the video yesterday. Yeah, so good. And he says, I'll read it because I think it's so good. It's when when he was asked about the 22-23 Milwaukee season and if it was a failure because the Bucks were the top seed and they lost to Miami, the eighth seed. And his answer um, was, it's not a failure, it's steps to success. There's always steps to it. Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championships. The other nine years were a failure? That's what you're telling me? It's the wrong question. There's no failure in sports. It's There's good days, bad days. Some days you're successful, some days you're not. Some days it's your turn, some days it's not your turn. And that's what sports is about. You don't always win. Sometimes other people win. And this year, somebody else is going to win. Simple as that. I just thought that was like, what a brilliant response from like, this is a top, top athlete in the world. And he, uh, he has that mindset and, um, man, if we can learn from that. Oh, look, no, it, it, I mean, he's, he's, it's a bit of a nightmare for me cause he's next half of my workshop that I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but the reality, the reality in that di- the reality of that kind of dialogue though, is that, that we've if we want to develop resilient kids or with children who are going to thrive in in the world and be self-organized and good decision makers and good communicators and have all these skills we've got to be far better at understanding they develop all of those things through moments of failure and disappointment and that is that is where most of the learning happens I think we've somehow, I've challenged a lot of groups of parents on this recently, and some have said, God, yeah, what are we doing? We seem to just want to eliminate any challenge for them or any failure. And actually, anybody that achieves anything in the world, whether in sport or everything, it's full of ups and downs. It sometimes plateaus. You turn up one week and you think, have we ever played this game before? And then there's other moments when your kid's absolutely thriving and all of these things that go with it. I mean, for those of you that have got any dancing fans on here, somebody described it yesterday and said, yeah, if we can link it to dancing, the sporting journey, it's full of ups and downs and cha-cha-chas. And so we go <laughs> sideways, everywhere, everywhere. And, and you know, that that's what it is. And I think we've just got to get far more comfortable with that as parents i talk about embracing the reality it was the same 50 years ago it'll be the same 50 years from now Mm. what we're probably not as good at is actually how we accept and manage those moments um i think i think we've got to be better it's excellent so good i feel like i'm being i'm in my own seminar right now Mm -hmm. you're just gonna be calling you on the regular gordon <laughs> goodness um so let's just talk about post tryouts following the the evaluation season whether you've made the team you want made the team you didn't want um there's this entire summer we have almost eight to ten weeks before we're back on the fields regularly what can families parents and players do to prepare for what's ahead potential new team potential new coach maybe an old team it's just all kinds yeah. of environments they're walking into talk to us about that yeah, look, and I think the first thing I say is we're at the end of a long season and we're not dealing with machines and there is no evidence to suggest that playing the same sport for 12 months a year round is good for anybody. Yeah. That yeah. Actually, you have a bit of a, you have a, bit of a breather. Uh, everybody gets a, a bit of a time to have a break. 
just to think things through, refresh the bodies, refresh the minds. Um, think about, you know, what we're going to do next. What does that mean for us, those dialogues? How are we going to plan the next stage? Ask our children what they want to do. Do they want to continue to fight for places in that group? Do they want to go and try other things? Do they want to go and join different friendship groups? Mm -hmm. If we are unhappy with decisions that, that perhaps have been made, actually, is it a good time for parents and depending on the age potentially with the children just to get some feedback so we're aware of some of the reasons that perhaps we didn't quite get where we wanted to because then that allows us to to think about how we're going to plan ahead what that may mean um for the coming weeks that that are there but it's a great opportunity to you know have a break play a few other sports do a few other hobbies and 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 start again um, with a with a new narrative from from where you are, I always say to any children, any parents who are going through this and things haven't gone according to plan is we've also got to remember this: the best nine year old does not make the best twelve year old. Yeah. The best thirteen year old doesn't make the best sixteen year old. The best seventeen year old doesn't make the best under twenty one year old. And we've got evidence all over the world of world junior champions in athletics of footballers at the top end of under 23 football who cannot transition into the, the professional game or the adult game and we've got to recognize that unlike a lot of things in society at the moment there is no short-term fix to sport everybody's development's going to happen at different times at different stages every journey is going to be different we don't need to compare to the person next to us because the success for us as sports parents is helping our children get to the top of their ladder irrelevant of what anybody else is doing because that's all we can control that's all we can um, ultimately maximize and for those who are worried about change um, and your child might be worried about change or a change of environment change of coach change of team whatever that may look like we can be amazing role models because change doesn't always have to be negative. Mm. It's how we sell it. God, yeah. We're all grumpy with change. When anybody comes <laughs> in with a new idea, tells us that we've got to do this and we're thinking that's going to be extra work. Immediately the shutters go up uh, and we don't want anything to do with it. And then we consider that oh, it wasn't too bad. But actually in terms of role modeling for our kids, just talk to them about some of the changes that you had in your life and how they were positive and they were exciting because not every change and transition we go through has to be a negative experience and you know we're trying to keep our kids on the right path and we've got a role to play in that with how positive and supportive we are brilliant so good <laughs> so good we're over here just shaking our heads because we're like this is so real and true so ah good. So good. For all of us. Yes. So it's excellent. Gordon, you, yeah, I, I referenced uh, your your book um, earlier, and I just keep thinking uh, right now about your chapter seven, your final chapter in that book about starting with the end in mind, and mm -hmm. Stephen Covey began with the end in mind, and you know the the thing that's like resonating with me right now is you know we're even we're doing this podcast right before tryouts, and we're treating it like it's this m massive moment in time, and it be. It, the reason clearly is because there's heightened emotions and heightened anxieties and all of those things. But the fact is, is that 
this is only just one this should just be seen as a part of this overall journey mm. and I think you know one of the things that just that has so much resonated with me from what you've talked about what your book talks about is and start with a plan <laughs> like as a parent when I sign my kid up um, you know my my son is getting ready to go through a set an assessment this season for the first time this is the first time as a parent I've experienced it and I should be treating as I should go back to why did I sign him up to begin with at U four or U five and it's because of all of the things that you said. I want him to have these different experiences and have ups and downs and have um, these times where he's got to work through some difficult situations. And this might be a good year, might be a bad year. I don't. It doesn't. It it could happen either way. We don't know. And the fact is, as a parent, I need to already be thinking at the end of the day, what do I want them to get? What do I want him to get out of this experience long term? And what does he want out of this experience long term? Um, my wife keeps me in check on that because she doesn't really want to go to soccer games every weekend. So, um, but I do think this is this is so helpful for me as a yeah. parent. So I appreciate this, um, and I th- I hope it's super helpful for for our families as well. And I will say that we're you know as we've discussed, we're we're really looking forward to an expanded partnership with with you and with working with parents in sport. And I know we've been talking about some of the things for the upcoming year that we'll be working through over the coming months and I'm just I'm pumped to be able to share this information with our membership this Mm -hmm. this summer and really that think that next year at this time it won't be so much gearing up for tryouts but rather just it's just another part of the year just like everything else and um and it's all part of the journey so do you have any closing remarks before before we go today no, it's been an absolute, uh, you know, pleasure to join you. And as I say, I, I you know, I wish everybody uh, well at, at what's, uh, uh, what can be a, a, an amazing time, but can also be a, a, a most challenging time. And um, yeah, as I say, if we, if we, if we all just support, talk to each other, and accept it for what it is, um, it does make it an awful lot easier. Um, than yeah. thing and you you know you alluded to you know odds and statistics and all of these things and i i will close today by by saying that you know when my son signed his premier league academy football contract in the uk and i'm there and i look like i'm on match of the day with the, the backdrop behind it with all the club badges on i'm then to, you know i'm then told that i've got more chance of being hit by a meteor than him playing premier league football for that team yeah now look I don't go outside and say to my son, oh, listen, mate, just so you know, um, you've, I've got more chance of being hit by a meeting. No, I'm not doing that, yeah. but I am the adult in the room. Right. And all of my support and everything that I do around him has to bear that in mind. So the things that I focus on are things that I've got control over, mm. all the processes, not what the performance outcomes may be. Um, and and that that definitely has to be the way to go because sport is simply too messy. And if I knew how we created the best athletes and how we guaranteed professional contracts and things, we wouldn't be on this podcast now drinking <laughs> coffee. We'd be in the Bahamas. It'd be in a bottle, <laughs> and it'd be in a post, and we would be very very rich. So don't let anybody tell you that they know. They are educated guesses. That is that is all they are. Yeah. That's awesome. Good. That's great stuff. Well, Gordon, we we always like to end. Well, I like to end <laughs> with a with a dad joke. 
So um, so get ready is what he's saying. I was, I was wondering if you know why we always want couples to go to the gym. I don't know, Scott. I have why. no idea. Why do we want it's couples? It's because we want their the relationships to work out. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Don't even laugh at it, Gordon. <laughs> don't even give him that. Don't well, even give him that. You can use it. You can it use it this a, week. It's such a good episode as well, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. And then I blew it. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> awesome. Well, Gordon, thank you so much for being on today. It's been incredible. Awesome. Um, and we look forward to catching up with you again soon. Um, thank you, Gordon. <laughs> And thanks, Thank everybody, you. for uh, joining us today on the NC Fusion Coffee Conversations podcast. Uh, thanks again to Maddie Cakes and Bermuda Run for being our podcast host and sponsor today. Just remember that if you have a question that you'd like answered on our podcast, uh, please email Sarah at sbridges at ncfusion.org. And we will see you next time on the NC Fusion Coffee Conversations podcast. <laughs>